Uh, listeners, what you don't know is that we just talked about Animal Crossing for a solid half an hour. I could talk about it all damn day. Or day. As a peek behind the curtain, I decided to get myself a present. And that present was a Switch and Animal Crossing. And I have done little else since it came into my <laughs> life. Uh, I have a very addictive personality. And this is so many easy shots of dopamine that it's the greatest thing in the world to me. I mean, so. I want you to do me and yourself a favor right now since you're in front of your computer. Okay. Sure. Go to the Google machine. Uh-huh. And you type in A-C-N-H. Uh-huh. And then Vlad, V-L-A-D. And look at what pops up. Should I look at an image? Yeah. Ah! Uh-huh. I I need him! No, you do not. He oh, is he's the worst. Uh, the worst. And my greatest achievement in Animal Crossing is that I just got that little jerk to leave my island. And um, let me tell you, he looks like he would be super cute. He's, he's hilarious looking. He's a little pink bear. He wears a pink and white striped shirt. He's got a snaggle tooth. He looks like he would be a great character. But you know what else? He has a cranky personality. He is not pleasant to be around. I got a bunch of DIYs to how to make like trash, like trash bags and stuff. And I just started littering his house. And then that didn't, <laughs> that didn't work. And so then I had the girl, my girls helped me. And first they dug, first they dug a moat around his house. And then I built some jail bars and put those around his house. And then we put a cliff up. So trying to box him in so he couldn't leave. But after like a week and a half of that, he finally had the little thought bubble that pops up. And we were like, it's like, what's up? And he's like, I'm thinking about moving. And almost every other time a villager has asked me that, I've been like, oh, you should stay. And I'm like, okay. And this time I even did a little movie of it. It was like, good luck, partner. See you later. Mm, what you say? <laughs> I can't believe there's a villain in this game. Um, listeners, Wecklam. Um, we are we are back for season two, episode nine of Beyond Belief, and episode twenty-one of 20? the One Times Mysteries. Vingt et un. We uh, uh-huh. we our podcast can drink now. This podcast that we have. Congratulations! That, it's an um, adult, full adult. We should intro. Oh, because we are. Are we? Well, I'm M.M. Who are you? And I'm Katie. Oh, interesting. What are, we're bi-coastal besties? Bonding over wine? Mysteries? I and think. This is the Wine Times Mysteries podcast. Um, the mystery this week is uh, how they got Dick Van Patten to guest star on the show. Who is that? Oh, my goodness. It's probably just me not recognizing the name and putting the name yeah, in the uh-huh, face. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Do you know who I am? I know. Names. He, he was in Soylent Green. Oh, yes. Um, One of my absolute favorites. Was in the original Freaky Friday. He was in Ooh. High Anxiety. Ooh. Uh, oh, he's the uh, dumb emperor in Spaceballs. That's what I was trying Done. to think of. The Done. That's the, like, that's the that's him. combination to my so. luggage. One, <laughs> two, three, four. He was in the New Adventures of Pippi Longstocking. He was Greg the Glue Man. Uh, he's the Abbot in Un- Robin Hood Men in Tights. Hey, Abbot! Morrow, Abbot. Morrow. Welcome, Abbot. Morrow. Hello, Abbot. Morrow. Hey, Abbot! I hate that guy. 
Unfortunately, I know exactly who Greg the Glue Man is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he's been in a ton of stuff. So who is he in this week's episode? Um, he will be a old man who plays chess in story number five. Uh, but I, I did. Wait till the very end. Oh. This was the big mystery of just how what did what was uh, Dick Van Patten up to that he was just like sure I'll be in your show. Well, it was, was it like Dick Clark. Was it Dick Clark going like hey buddy? Yeah, so you know? it was either Frakes or Dick Clark needed a favor or. You know, you gotta yeah, pay a, the bills. Yeah, it's one it's one day of shooting, you know. Royalties um, are good. <laughs> so, the line between truth and falsehood is very often invisible. No. It's not. It's not, unless you work for the Trump administration. <laughs> so, the intro picture is, uh, so he goes, the truth often lies in how you view it. We've all heard of the glass is full or empty. And I'm like, yeah, but... Those are both true. Depend, you know, if it's did, exactly did halfway. Did he mean half full or half empty? Or did he just say yeah, we yeah, both? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't know about uh, this whole, like, is it? <laughs> He's like, but look at this plate of cake. And I was like, I would love to look at this plate God, of cake. But it was cake. just a drawing. Aww. And it was one of those ones where I honestly, it took me so long to see it. Where he's just like, it looks like a full piece of cake with only one piece taken out. And then he flips it around again. And then on, and when it's upside down, it looks like there's only one piece <gasps> left. Yeah, and I was staring at it for a really long time. I was like, I feel Did you pause dumb. the TV? Uh-huh. <laughs> Enjoy these stories and make your judgment. That way you can have your cake and eat it shut too up, and up. that's not what that means no it's not <laughs> so story number one Damn. rock and roll ears rock and roll ears e-a-r-s was it rock roll or was it rock no. and roll ampersand roll no rock and roll so the worst possible ears. combination of everything i just said okay fine yeah and clearly what this means is that the award-winning movie Sound of Metal starring Riz Ahmed got inspiration from Beyond Belief in 1997 or whatever. Um, so the prop is Freaks with a electric guitar and an amp. And he's Ooh, like tooling he, away. How does he look with an electric guitar? It's very weird because he's... Oh, Freaks fit all black. Black suit, black Johnny top. Cash look again. Okay, yeah, got yep, it. Yep. Got it. And so, but he's in like this, you know, boxy suit that he's wearing. And then he also has like the strap and the electric guitar. It's very odd. What and color then, like, was the guitar? I want to say green. Hmm. I didn't write it down. Interesting choice. Okay. And so he does like a couple things and like a little, a couple licks. And then he goes, dreams of rock and roll. Some realize these dreams, but it comes with a price. Hearing loss. Um... <laughs> From being by the speakers oh, every night. And then this he. This is 40. I was not expecting that. I thought it was going to be like, you know, the lifestyle, drugs. the drugs, the, the oh. sleepless nights in the hotel rooms. No. Hearing loss. No. He literally reaches back to his amp and there are two earplugs on it. And he goes, earplugs, important for musicians and people at concerts. And those don't come back at any point. He's That's just his PSA. This is 40. Hashtag this is earplugs. 40. Thanks, Frakes. Um, so Lyle was one of the best rock musicians in the world. Lyle? Love Lyle. It. Love it. Lyle, love it. Got it. <laughs> Lyle Norman. So he goes, and this is his story. It goes a little something like this. And I do, then we do, get do, into do. 
<laughs> then we get into his so now voiceover from lyle my name is lyle norman he's owned norman's rare guitars and music emporium for the last 10 years Stop. and we emporium. see him and imagine tommy chong because that's what he looks like long um ponytail kind of receding hairline a little bit looks like a kindly granddad who probably smoked a lot of weed in the past if not currently he has had this this store for 10 years this is a store just full of mostly guitars but you see other stuff around he uh he's saying his hearing is going and so there is a punk rocker at his checkout it's like this young girl with like super spiked up hair all different colors and he goes here you go and he hands over like a packet of strings and she goes "Ah, i said picks what i didn't say strings and then like you show it from Lyle's perspective and he can hardly hear her because he is hard of hearing and so she is a gigantic bitch and keeps yelling at him like old man that's not what I wanted and he's like I'm sorry I can't hear you can you just say it a little bit louder and she goes what are you deaf and he's like almost and he's pointing at his visible hearing aids and she's still a gigantic bitch Mm. and she goes I don't have time for this I gotta get to rehearsal and she just storms away and he goes wait just write it down like everyone is so mean to him also what are you gonna do at rehearsal Without your picks. Like, have bloody fingers? Like, I don't know, my dude. It's just like, and then just point to them. You yeah. awful woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, she sounds fucking, always as awful fuck, as Vlad from fucking, Animal Crossing New Horizons. I just wish she would move out. We should fill um, our house with garbage. <laughs> just like, take the hint, Vlad. <laughs> I fill your house with garbage. <laughs> I think I should move. You think? <laughs> have fun. Happy trails. See you never. <laughs> So everyone's so mean to him. So anyway, so he's uh, basically he's saying that like he tries to turn up his hearing aids when he's talking to her and they're like squealing and like hot miking and everything. And he's like, my hearing's getting worse. I've seen specialists and now my business is going under. And I'm like, because you're going deaf? One bitch does not a business going under make. You know, whatever, man. And so then we see another little scene with some youths that definitely don't look like youths but they're supposed to be probably in their 20s one of the one that looks like he's like been on heroin forever it's just like (laughs) like totally like like wailing on this axe the 20 something has been on heroin since like he literally he's got like obviously makeup bags he looks like he hasn't eaten in forever i think he's just supposed to be like super cool looking but i'm just like get some get off the skeleton so okay um and then his friend uh is just like looks like some cheese ball and some flannel so <laughs> mean guy is wearing like a leather jacket because he's so cool oh, nice. and so Tough anyway guy. yeah sure so he's like playing a guitar fine like it's not bad but it's not very good and like they keep turning up the amp and they're like yeah blah, blah. and then like the friend is just like yeah austin yeah blah, blah, blah. Um, you're so good. Tommy Chong. Um, sure. Sorry. Grandpa. Lyle. Grandpa <laughs> Lyle Tommy. comes over and like unplugs it from the amp and goes, even I can hear that. You boys are being much too loud. You boys. You young whippersnappers. It's just, <laughs> they're just super rude. Like, you know what? Like you old grandpa. And it's just like, it's his store. And also he was perfectly nice to you. Like he was just like, you're being too loud. Like turn it down. Yeah. Like. I don't know why everyone is just so mean to this guy. Like, it is very much like kids these days. Like, it's so, uh, anyway. So they're like, you probably couldn't even do anything. And he's like, you know, I used to you play with Hendrix. You probably couldn't even do anything. Wow. They're like, you can't play. Like, da, da, da. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I used to, you know, I played for a long time. Like, I 
sat in with Hendrix and Cream, and they na- he names all these people. Um, and they're like, liar. Like, you never, whatever. And he's like, hand me that axe. Hand me and the axe. He has the guitar. He plugs it back in. And he, like, totally wails on it. And, like, it's like, like, it sounds like Hendrix. Like, it sounds like this amazing guitar solo. But not once, not once do you see a full shot of the actor and the guitar playing it. You see a zoom in on his face where he's, like, rocking out. And then you see a zoom in on much younger hands playing the guitar. (laughs) Um, And then, like, the two youths are not like, oh, look how cool he is. Like, the the dopey friend is just sort of like, okay, this is awesome. And then the younger dude is, like, like, angry. Like, this motherfucker. Meth man starts waiting out. And then, so he's, you know, doing all these licks. And then uh, he is just like, see, haha. It's like, I learned that from Hendrix himself. Like, da da da. Like, and, he's, and he's not even bragging. Like, he's just being like, I'm a dude who's got some stories. Yes. Yeah. And uh, don't re- disrespect my, don't come in my house and disrespect right? like, me. Yeah. The dopey friend is like, Austin, you could never do that. He, he, he. And then, like, Austin gets, Austin being the tough, like, gets madder and madder. And then he's just like, you'll be sorry and like goes to storm out and like backs into a drum set and knocks everything over and is like oh the drums and then the classic yeah sure and then tommy chong is like he 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 um but like totally good natured he storms away the dopey friend storms away the voiceover is like i didn't mean to humiliate him so badly but you know like i can play the guitar like and i'm just like was he who's humiliated there's no one else in this failing store his friend was just like he 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 like it was all this it's just this like white boy mediocre white boy has never had anyone you know be anything to him like like say anything to him he's always right and then like here's this old man like totally showing him up I don't know. It's just, it makes no sense, but whatever. So he's closing the store and, you know, he looks in the, um, the cash register and there's like very little cash in it. And it's just like, I'm like, is he going to get robbed right now? Is that what's going to happen? No, he's not going to get robbed. It's even dumber. So he's just sort of like, uh, what am I going to do about the store? And then he goes and he gets more of an acoustic guitar and he's just sort of like, you know, now like back in the band, like we would just be starting our nights right now. And, you know, and he's basically reminiscing and he's just like, I just love music and da da. You know, and so you're just like, oh, Tommy Chong. And then you see the youths from before in like their beat up ass fan that has the um, smoking skull artwork that you always see, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. on painted on the back and they're backing up to the store and the mean Austin is just like, he's going to, we're going to blow out his hearing forever. That's what he gets for knocking me into those drums. He's got this coming. So the back of the van is just full of speakers. And so they back up and Aust- and the dopey friend is just like, we don't have to do this, man. He's just like, yeah, we do. He's got this coming. I'm like, does he? And so they back it on up. And so he's going to close the store. And so they've got it all set up. And so as Tommy Chong goes to leave, he opens the door. They blast some rock music. And then it literally knocks him back and he falls on the ground and he's like holding his ears going like, uh, and y'all, my father, uh, is deaf in one ear and mostly deaf in another ear. And so he has like a, he has hearing aids and he has like one that's like amplifies his actual hearing. And then he has another one that like sort of gives him that stereo hearing, even though the one ear is not really hearing anything. Um, and when I tell you that they have to, you have to get used to them and like 
his his issue is and they've gotten much better over the years but they take in all audio almost the same so like you're not going to hear something that's far away very very quiet and something that's up close very very loud you're going to hear both of those things at the same volume so i can't even imagine like with this like it's just with it like this is torture like i was not like oh he he this is so funny like the, the noise knocked him down i was like they're gonna murder this man and this is awful and it's just like i i was just staring in horror it just I was escalated like, so quickly i don't right I don't get it and and so then the dopey friend is like, that's enough, that's enough. And and the mean guy's like, no, and like turns it up even more to the point where the sound breaks all the windows Stop. of the store. Mm. And Tommy Chong is on the ground screaming and going, ah. And then eventually his hearing aids zap and you see like lightning like zapping and like electrocuting his brain, I guess. What? Like I don't know. Because the sound like went so crazy it made his uh headphones go haywire he's like going and then the dopey friend's like oh my god stop and so they go inside and the dopey friend's like he's not moving i think he might be dead and then the mean guy is just like like comes in and he still looks so angry it's just like you might have killed a man like what is wrong with you and then finally tommy chunk starts to move um and like the the mean guy is screaming like you know rock music was the last thing you you ever heard like ha 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 like screaming screaming screaming, and Tommy Chong goes, why are you screaming? I can hear you just fine. Because and he starts to laugh uh, because the electrocution apparently stop fixes hearing stop no end of story no <laughs> no. I thought he was going to get a superpower from the electrocution to his brain, but apparently it was just the superpower was restoration of his hearing. Wow. And so Frakes wrap up. He's still wearing the guitar. Uh, you know, can a loss of hearing be fixed by head high decibels? No. Um, is there a record of this story like this one? Or is this only hearsay? Is the, oh, the that's line. not what that means, Frakes. And he does, like, he's like, was it, you know, some weird thing that occurred? Or was there, like, some sort of blockage in his ear that the noise, like, loosened? Ew. And, and right, and I was like. couldn't have Right, out. right, right. So that is the story. That is rock and roll ears. What do we think? Hearsay. In the terms hearsay. of breaks, that is hearsay. Or fiction. Or False. Okay. Now, are you writing Got that it. down, Katie? I wrote ears false. Ears false. Okay. We're not going to have a mix-up like last time. I mean. I'm going to confirm everything I write down. Okay. Ears false. False ears. Okay. So I don't usually tell the previews, um, but this preview, literally, I was uh, heating my coffee up, and um, I nearly dropped it. It was. <laughs> so in the, you know, the Don LaFontaine in a world voice. Yes. When we come back. A farmhouse haunted by a bucket. <laughs> it's like, excuse me? Okay. <laughs> Story number two. The bucket. Wait, wait, wait. Let's give a, a, for, let's give a content warning. Haunted bucket. Haunted buckets. Okay. If you're sensitive to that topic, please. If, you, if young ears are listening and they might have nightmares about the haunted bucket we're about to discuss. I was like. We'll catch you next did, time. I was like. I was like, did Don LaFontaine look at this and go like, huh? 
Well, they're paying me but the like, same no matter what I say. So, all right. So, the prop is an oldie-timey milk bucket. Is it, like, rusted? Uh, no, it's just... Yeah, it's it's not old and gross. It's just... Oldie-timey. You know, it's a milk bucket, so it's pretty old. Like, it's, like, the one that, like... It's not just, like, a bucket that you milk things into. It's, like, the what you would deliver milk in if you were a milk farmer. I've, it's a I've, very tall okay. tin. And then yes, has a I've cap. got it pictured. It's firm in my mind. Okay. Yes. So that's the prop. Mm-hmm. And so Frakes. To some, milk only comes in a carton. But the milk bucket is still a common sight on farms and ranches. And it symbolizes a lifestyle where neighbors talk to each other. Okay. One quick interjection. To some in Canada, it also comes in bags. But that's okay. Because as we d- recently discovered... We're doing something wrong, and we are not attracting the Canadian market. I mean, to be fair, we're doing plenty of things wrong, but <laughs> specifically Canadian, and that we are not attracting anyone in Canadian. So let's broaden our language. Let's open okay. ourselves to be more inclusive. To some, sure. milk only comes in cartons or bags. Yeah, we don't have the baker's dozens that we have in France, obviously. No. And hey, while we're at it, a special shout out to our one listener in Sweden. Yeah. Hey, what's up, that, Sweden? That one, that one Swedish download. Hey, that one sweet Sweden. Hello. We hope you come back. Please do. Um, we like you. I I wrote this out because like he he talked about how it symbolizes, you know, when your neighbors talk to each other. But then he goes, but this bucket oh, no. symbolizes <laughs> something else. What? The unexplain the unexplainable. No, it doesn't. So. We have, to establish our characters, we have Farmer Ned, who's, like, in his 40s. We have his wife, Maggie, also in her 40s, hot 40. Yeah, and then hot we have 40. their, And then we have their seven-year-old daughter, Amy, who actually looks probably seven. Oh. Although. Good job, UPN. The little bit that they have her talk, I'm like, she dumb? Oh, anyway. she's a slow seven. Okay. Like, at one point, you see, like, a drawing on their fridge. And I know that's the prop department, but it's, like, you're establishing the character of Amy and it's she's clearly drawn a cow and it's labeled cat and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) okay I've got this pictured perfectly now thank you thank you (laughs) so farmer Ned's voiceover says you know we're a small close-knit community of farmers that trade food and like other stuff with each other um, the wife is doing laundry. Ned is chopping wood in this establishing shot. Um, We're really sticking and... within our gender-conforming roles in this oh, household yeah. and in this story. At all times in this story, Amy is holding two baby dolls, like literally at all times. Uh, anyway, oh, so okay. he said it's a simple kind of life. Nothing special ever happens. And I'm like, listen, the birth of your daughter was probably special the, your your wedding was probably special. special. There's probably special times. Like maybe say like nothing that exciting. exciting. Exciting would be a much better word. But again, I think we've you established know? the the bar for getting a job as a writer on this show. <laughs> Not super high. He says, you know, nothing special ever happens except that spring. We'll never forget it. So Gus, who is approximately ten thousand years old, mm. comes up in his <laughs> like guess. super vintage Chevrolet pickup truck. And, you know, Amy's like, it's Gus. So he rolls up and they're like, hey, Gus, like, great sermon this morning. There's a lot of, like, really hanging hard on church in this one where I was just like, it doesn't even come into play. Okay. It's not like So they already the went devil. to church, came back, and now Gus is now visiting them and it's still morning. Yes, to bring them okay. their milk okay. in one of these big milk buckets. Sure, for Amy because um, she drinks a lot of cat juice, I guess. 
cats. <laughs> um, I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Gus comes over. He's literally, like, hunched with age. Like, he's the oldest person. And he, you know, is just like, yeah, it was a great sermon. And they're just kind of chatting. And then, like, Amy runs up and he pulls a quarter from behind her ear. And she's like, you can do magic. And then, like, the wife runs out with a pie that she made for him. And they're like, see you next week, Gus. And he's like, yep, you know, the only things you can rely on are Gus and taxes. And um, at this point, I'm like, in my notes, it literally says, Gus gonna die. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what that means. Good job, so, Gus. So next week, there's a horrible storm outside, so we couldn't go to church oh, that day. Oh, well, now, I now think God's that, mad at you. Well, I think the, the note there is that, like, they didn't see Gus at church that morning to, like, see him or whatever. But anyway, so the mom is pouring milk into Amy's cereal, and it's like, drip, she goes, drip. that's the last of it, and everyone looks really sad. <laughs> And um, Ned goes, I don't think Gus is going to get through this week. It's really blowing up a storm up there. And I'm like, go fucking check on him. Yeah. If you're so worried about yeah. him, don't be like, man, the old man can't bring us our fucking milk. There's a storm out. Like, maybe or, drive to him. Or here's a thought. Uh-huh. Wait till tomorrow once the storm blows over and you can go to his place and pick it up your, your damn self. No. Wouldn't make that old man drive out to your house. That's just mean. At this point, Amy looks over to where the milk bucket is just chilling next to the fridge it is not refrigerated in yeah. any way shape or form it yeah. is just next to the fridge and she looks at it and it starts to, to shimmy a little what? and she's like and she goes <gasps> and then the parents are like they look and it's very michigan j frog it's not doesn't shake when they're looking she's like it was shaking and they're like no it wasn't dear like maybe it's the you know the vibration of the fridge motor like come on like they're they're very dismissive like they're not they're basically going like, no, dumb daughter. Like, it's not like I know when your kids like believe in magic and you have to be like, you know, you can either encourage it or like Santa, like you can either encourage it or you can shut them down. But like shut them down in a way that's not like, no, you're real fucking dumb. Listen up, dumb, you know? dumb. Right. <laughs> Listen up, cat cow. I think we know that this pay? is not. Why don't you go to the barn and go pet your cat cows? So the next day, it looks a little sunny-ish out, but you can kind of still hear rain. The wife Maggie is like, well, maybe we'll get milk today after all. The storm's breaking. And I'm like, fucking go get your own goddamn milk from Gus's farm. Yeah, or. He should not be lifting these things. Or go to the store. Could be. Could be. So anyway, maybe we'll get milk after all. And then as she says that, I'm going to describe this in a couple different steps. I am intrigued. Okay. Bucket starts to shimmy again. Oh, Listeners, you can't see this, but when she describes the shimmy, she's actually doing a shimmy in her seat. I just have to feel like you have to get this. So it starts to shimmy. Amy sees it, screams. The parents see it, and they're like, they all huddle together like they're going to get murdered by this, this milk bucket. Yeah. And then the top of it, the lid, flies off, and it literally makes the sound effect wait does it fly towards them or just off no just off like randomly and um so ned goes there's got to be a simple explanation for this yeah the bucket's possessed so he goes and he gets the lid and he puts it back on and he just lays it on there it's not even on there straight and he goes that ought to hold it (laughs) so he walks back 
And then the whole family's laughing. And then the lid pops off again, again with a kapwing. And it go like literally cartoon. Like it's not a real thing. I think at we all. know where Amy gets her smarts from. And you it's know? from Ned. So it kapwangs into their sink where it hits all like their dishes that are drying. Everything and breaks, like breaks yeah, all these dishes. And then the wife is like, do something, Ned. And I'm like, you do something. Anyway, whatever. So do something, Ned. <laughs> Ned legitimately grabs a quilt and throws it on top of the Again. shimmying thing. Like, like daughter, shim- like father. <laughs> and when it's shimmying, <laughs> it's also making like a really heavy dragging sound as if it is like 10 tons and you're dragging metal on metal. It makes, but then also kapwang, like it makes no sense. He throws the blanket on it and he goes, everything's under control. <laughs> The wife goes, Ned, get that out of the house right now. So he picks it up. He picks up the kapwanged lid. He runs out to his truck. The lid kapwangs off again while he's running. And he just doesn't even get it. He gets in his truck. He puts the milk bucket in the cab with him. I'm no, like, put it in the back. That's what the back of the bed of the truck is for. Use it. He buckles it in, which Stop. I thought was very funny. And he goes to take it back to Gus to be like, the fuck take back your possessed bucket old man he rolls on down the road and he says you know gus isn't that far away and so i'm like then why the fuck does he have to bring you your milk whatever don't give it your damn Mm -hmm. self you lazy Mm -hmm. farmer sure so he rolls on up and gets out of the truck and immediately runs over to where gus is like sprawled on the ground like in his barn this sounds like it's very Anne of green gables when (laughs) when Anne finds matthew out in the field oh so Gus had had a stroke and Ned was able to get him to the hospital in time and whatever. And this is all like a quick voiceover at the end because mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. fades to nothing when he finds Gus in, you know, against the hay bells or whatever. And he says, you know, I got him. He would have surely died if I hadn't found him, you know, that soon. Um, thanks to this crazy bucket, you know, I was able to save his life. <laughs> was it really? the Okay. Because he wouldn't, they would have just waited for their milk if it wasn't a shimmy in and a break in We're their dishes. We're a farm of dum-dums, and if we don't get our milk <laughs> delivered to us by by the ancient uh, crypt keeper that lives up the road, what do we do? What are they trading back? I didn't see crops. I didn't pie. see shit. Firewood? Pie. I don't know. She made oh, him yeah, a pie. pie. So, Frakes. Uh-huh. Were there gases trapped in the milk bucket? <laughs> or is this the actions of a spirit? Was the bucket gassy? <laughs> or was this? And like, literally, it's just like, it's not like the lid like sealed on there. They just laid it on there. Sure. There's no fucking gases trapped. Whatever. Uh, or was this a spirit sending a distress signal? Is this the truth? Or are we milking a lie for all it's worth? Oh, dad's worst <laughs> dad jokes. Okay, look. I respect the awful turn of phrase at the end of the story. However, because there's... A- supposedly a ghost or a spirit or something involved i'm gonna say true so mark it is true milk true, true. t-r-u-e i also it sounds like someone in at at the show or in the special effects department just got a soundboard that they really wanted to it was hilarious <laughs> almost to the point of i expected them oh i i did forget to say whenever like when the family like saw it and like 
actually believe the daughter. It was doing like very dramatic zooms on <laughs> they do the love the dramatic bucket. Zoom. Bucket, daughter, bucket, dum dum father, bucket. <laughs> Mom, the only person with, so with, <laughs> with two brain cells between them. Yep. Bucket, so that bucket, is bucket. that is the bucket. Wow, All right. Oh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that quite a bit. It was very funny. And characters. Gus didn't and Gus didn't die. Very excited. Thank goodness, about it. Gus didn't die. Number three. Number three. The bridesmaid. So it doesn't look like there's any prop. Frakes is just sort of, you know, leaning casually on the door frame like in Morticia Adams' his mansion. And then um he explains the tradition of uh, you know, throwing the bouquet. Oh, thank you, you Frakes. Know, he's just like, Yeah, when you catch it, that means you're the next one to get married. And then as he says it, some uh, some PA off screen throws him a bouquet and he catches it and he smells it and he's like, Yay. Um That's cute. So, I kinda like that. Right? So Lucy Robbins has caught a lot of bouquets. Oh. Um, Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Mm -hmm. But pay attention. Something strange is about to blossom. So we open on the wedding of Alan and Brenda. And Alan is super recognizable. And I swear to God, he's been a murderer in something. Nice. Like, he's, he's definitely a character actor. But, like, he looks a lot like... The guy who is possessed by Chris Pine in Wonder Woman 84. Gotcha. But it's not that guy. Gotcha. Well, because he, this was, he's a 90s you know. version of that guy. Does but he yeah, kill Brenda? Like, like, does not kill Brenda. At least not on this episode. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Maybe later in their life. <laughs> um, but not in the smidgen we're about to see. So we're at the wedding of Alan and Brenda. Uh, Brenda is Lucy's younger sister uh, and has... Put her bridesmaids, including her maid of honor, Lucy, in the single ugliest bridesmaids dresses I've ever seen. Um, and I have seen 20. I was going to say, dresses. that's a stretch. So, really? It's, they're really poorly made. They're like peach satin. And they're all wearing like church lady peach hats. Ew. With like these big wide brims. I don't like the hat. No. On them. no. It's real bad. And then that, I know that that's like a cliche, but I was just looking at them and I was like, hmm. How many like, bridesmaids are good. there? I think there was like four. Okay. You know, a regular amount. Um, regular, you know. Not, right. not a ridiculous right. amount. Yeah. Um, there were other people wearing this dress. The costume department Ooh, found several multiple. I don't like that. Mm -mm. So, um, so Lucy's voiceover that she's been a bridesmaid five times, and that's five times too many. I'd rather be a bride. Womp. Kathy. Womp. Like, it's very... Womp. So stereotypical. And also, this woman, not that it matters, but she's perfectly normal looking. She is not like, she doesn't look like the Wicked Witch of the West or something where it's just like, I'm still ugly. But that's what they sort of lean on because she's just like, I wasn't blessed with the good looks of my sister. So maybe I'll be alone forever. What was the, oh, here's me not remembering the name of something again, Kel Surprise. The movie that we watched for Movie Club, where they go home for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Oh, Happiest Season. Yes. The sister that everyone acted was like an ogre that lived in the attic that they kept away from the world. And we were like, she seems perfectly nice. She seems like the nicest person in this movie. <laughs> She just seems like really nice and responsible and put together. Like I don't understand. She's, Everyone's like, oh. she's just a little. She's just a little intense. I was like, oh, sorry, you had to see her. We usually keep her locked away. And I know, like I always say, and I am not joking. Forever alone, but like it's she's just very like, ack. 
she's sitting. They're about to do the bouquet toss. You know, everyone gets up except for her. Like all the single ladies or whatever get up except for her. She's just kind of sitting, and then like everyone's, you know, they're (laughs) they're they're bobbing. Like she tosses it. It's all bobbing and it lands in her lap, and she's just like sitting there, like, (laughs) and I'm like, I get that. Um, Anyway. So she literally says, "I've you know, I'm not blessed with my sister's good looks. I've come to the realization that maybe a bridesmaid is all I'll ever be. So then, time jump, two years. They had two years of blissful marriage. Then Ellen goes on a sport fishing trip with his boss and some clients, and the boat is lost at sea, and everyone what? has perished. That so, was an interesting turn of event. Now it's interesting. Okay. So cut to Brenda is I. It, it is not established how long it's been since Alan's mm-hmm. untimely demise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent, but uh, she's taken it rough, obviously. And so Bre- they're like childhood sweethearts. And so Brenda moves in with Lucy, who's just like, "Come on in, we'll live together. It's great." So we're basically moving in a very uh, Charles Dickens kind of a way here. <laughs> So Lucy goes, most of the time you could find me on the computer surfing the web. And you see her in a private chat room where she's like literally typing, I love the Beatles, the early stuff. Oh, um, <laughs> and then she's Not thinking to herself. interesting stuff, but the really early commercial stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, somehow on the internet, I could be myself. Again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with this woman. She's not like, she's not covered in like Nazi tattoos. She's not covered in anything where you would think. This is an undesirable. This is, you know, she's a perfectly nice, like, everyone deserves love, except for the people covered in Nazi tattoos. They don't. I'd Um, say there's a few other people that probably don't, but that the Venn diagram of people that don't definitely includes the people with the Nazi tattoos. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So she's met Corey, a new friend, and they're just talking back and forth about the Beatles or whatever, and they spent hours chatting. About their early work. And then and they um and then like Brenda comes in at one point and is like, What are you doing? She's like, Oh, I met a new friend on the internet. Like, you should try this. And she's like, It's too soon. I will never and love like, again. <laughs> and Lucy wasn't saying find love. She was saying, talk to people. No. <laughs> but whatever. It's too soon. It's too soon to talk. So Lucy's voiceover goes, and the the you know, we kept talking and the talks got more intimate as time went on. I'm like, Am I gonna see this woman like Oh, yeah. Having, having what? 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 Um, but then it just cuts to Corey going, we should meet in person. And Lucy's like, I'm afraid. So I'm afraid. Cut you. Good. It's- Good instinct, Lucy. You should be afraid to meet someone IRL. Okay. <laughs> They've set up a date. Brenda's like, you got to be careful. And this yes. is definitely the hashtag. This is 40 PSA moment because Lucy goes, don't worry. And out of her purse, she pulls pepper spray and a whistle. I've got my pepper spray and police whistle. And then um, Brenda's like, I'm not kidding. And like Lucy's like, neither am I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so she she goes to this bar. She's like, I showed up early for my date with Corey. He was going to wear a red polo, you know, whatever. And so she taps on the guy with the red polo's sh- uh, shoulder, turns around. It's fucking out. <gasps> da, 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 da. But you were supposed to have died two years. Years ago. And Lucy's like, Corey? And then he's like, Yeah, hi, Lucy. It's nice to meet you, you know. And then he's she's like, Alan? And he's like, What? And she goes, I'm sorry, you look just like my brother in law. We do know how long it's been. She goes, Who died in a fish in a fishing accident six months ago? Six and he's months like ago. 
And he was like, I was in a fishing accident six months ago. I just don't have, I've had total memory loss except about the Beatles ever since then. (laughs) Specifically their early work. And so you can see her go, like she like has a sigh because her love is lost because it's not Corey. It's Alan. She goes, you should come home and meet my sister. And (laughs) slash your wife. (laughs) Right. And so. It's too soon. It's too soon. Voiceover. They slowly fall in love again over the months, and then they decide to renew their vows. And you see them getting married again, and all the bridesmaids are wearing the same dress Stop. because obviously this was shot on the same day, and they yes. were not going to yes. do more dresses. Very happy for Alan and Brenda, and she's walking behind them or whatever because she's made of honor again in her awful thing. Ugh. And she goes, I'm so happy for them, and my best friend is getting married in a week, and guess who she asked to be her maid of honor? And then she like looks like straight into the camera like, it's it's very it's very at that point up comes the curb your so cut to frakes did alan have amnesia or was he a man caught in a lie is there hope for lucy what are we telling you the truth or are we leading you down the garden path that doesn't even play into any okay all right so True or false? So, Fact or fiction? I am going to say true. Okay. Uh, because. True. T. Bridesmaid true. T. Are you it? Got it. I love true crime, which is clearly yes. what, what one of the things that we bond over. My One of my favorite genres, which I guess it falls into the true crime family, but it's not always necessarily a crime, is the missing persons genre mm-hmm. yeah love it like if you've ever done any research into the story about olivia newton john's boyfriend like adult boyfriend who went missing off a fishing boat and they never found him and i mean i want to say they were in their like 40s or 50s when this happened and they think that he is like living in mexico because every now and then there's a sighting of him but they've never actually found. I love that stuff. I love the missing persons disappeared because unlike the, the crime aspect where you at least know the outcome and so you can kind of focus in on things. I just think there's a, there's just mm-hmm. all the thinking about all the different what ifs and the possibilities. I love it. So I especially love the early chat room aspect of this. When catfishing was a thing. I love that he doesn't remember anything except how to log on to the computer, connect to the internet, get in that AOL chat room. And he picked the name Corey? I mean, okay. Rather 80s sorry, choice, so, but sorry, Corey. Sorry, but... all the, sorry to the two Corys that listen to us. <laughs> have I said true to everything so far? I think I have. You said false to uh, rock and roll ears. That's right. I song. did. Fiction, false. <laughs> yeah, okay. So just, I know that was a test. Okay, yes. You passed so far. So, number four, voice from the grave. <laughs> like it. Frakes is sitting on his desk in Morticia Adams's mansion, mm-hmm. and he's holding like a little evidence bag, um, and he like has like a little forensics kit next to him, and he goes, you know, he basically explains that like chain of evidence and finding evidence how it solves crimes or whatever, and he goes, the evidence in this case is a dead end, and he just like tosses it. Whoa. And he goes, but maybe a witness will come forward who must be believed, even if she is. 
beyond belief. Ooh, so what a cavalier maverick of evidentiary witness. Yeah. yeah. Let's just take a moment to appreciate that. And someone had to direct him and they were like, so you're going to explain that. Okay. Just read the cue card. Okay, fine. And then look in the camera, give him a little wink. Just toss it over your shoulder. The voiceover we get is of Dr. Murray, who uh, goes, you, and you see a detective walking who's not Dr. Murray. Dr. Murray is a, like a medical doctor in Scrubs. So literally in Scrubs, it's Dr. Wen from Scrubs. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the same actor. I screamed. I love Scrubs. If you ever watch Scrubs, uh, Donald Faison's like mentor when he's a younger surgeon, the doctor, Dr. Wynn, who like it, you know, is just like the, the older surgeon doctor that is his boss, plays Dr. Murray, and I was it. I lost my mind. Love it. So anyway, a lot of crossovers here. Wow, interesting. You know. Okay. So, uh, so Dr. Wynn slash Dr. Murray is uh, voiceovering. He's like, it was normal to see detectives around the hospital since Lisa Ayobi was brutally murdered. She's a nurse. And he said, like, you know, there was no witnesses. There was no evidence. She was brutally – she was taken to the, the boiler room of the hospital and stabbed with a surgical knife. Is that a, and he's like, is that a scalpel? It also isn't even a surgical knife. It's just, like, a regular knife when you, when we actually see it happen. So I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Great. Okay. It just looks like, it just looks like a knife. Also, they have a anyway, boiler so, room in the hospital. Okay. Great. Yeah. He, he says – you know, so it's he's like, it wasn't uncommon to see them. But I also wasn't surprised to see this detective because I called him. So <laughs> – <laughs> and then really huge in my notes as soon as we meet dr murray it says dr wen from scrubs <laughs> really big i was so excited um twice. lisa and dr murray's wife evelyn were super close so he's talking to detective puma puma and okay yeah is his partner puma. adidas <laughs> detective adidas detective nike and he says that lately Evelyn has been speaking obsessively about Lisa's murder, which makes sense if your friend, like your very close friend, was murdered. And it but, you just know, happened, and they're still investigating it. Right. So Detective Pumbaa's like, okay. And then Dr. Wynn's like, but lately, she's not even speaking in her own voice. It's like she is Lisa Ayobi. And the detective's like, huh? <laughs> a doctor, take a seat. So then Dr. Wynn's like, it's like she's channeling a dead woman. Yeah. You're, you're assumedly also your friend if it's your wife's friend, Lisa Ayobi. But whatever. I'm starting to suspect this doctor. No. He's, he's not. I'm just saying the way it. he's talking about her, like, she is. First of all, smooth lady brain of a wife ought to be over this. This <laughs> happened yesterday. Second of all, she's channeling some dead chick. And they're like, your former colleague that was brutally mur- murdered at your you workplace, know. sir. Yeah. Like I said, some dead chick. And his wife's workplace, as we find out that she is a, also a nurse at this hospital. Oh. So, um, so, but Dr. Doctor, <clears throat> Detective Puma um, decides, you know what? We're at a dead end, so might as well talk to this woman. Whatever. <laughs> might as well talk to her because, damn it, I hate talking to women. You know, so he sits beings. down with them. And and so at, at first Evelyn's, and so, you know, uh, Dr. Wynn is sitting there like super like arm around her going like, it's okay, it's okay. And so... Detective Puma's like, so what do you know? <laughs> what do you know? When did like, you know it? And so Evelyn's like, I only know what I've heard. Like, she obviously, like, has no detail. She's like, I only know what I've heard. You know, she, she was murdered in the boiler room. The murderer stole her jewelry. But then, so Detective Puma's like, well, you know, if you, he's like, clearly, he, like, gives a look to the husband, like, 
is nothing. And it's just like, well, if you remember anything, let me know. And he gets up to leave. And he's, like, perfectly respectful. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just also, like, he's, he's just like, what the fuck? Why did yeah, I so waste of my time. Taxpayer So money. he gets up to leave, and then Evelyn goes into a trance. And it's just like, no, don't hurt me. Um, and she's not even speaking in that much of a different voice. She's just very, like, like she sounds very dramatic, but also very scared. Um, and then the detective is like, huh? Um, and she basically goes into the whole, she's, and he's like, Evelyn, what do you see? And she goes, I'm not Evelyn, I'm Lisa. She, she's just like, Lisa has no. a mid-Atlantic accent. No, I don't want to go with you. No, just take Unhand everything, take me. my jewelry. Oh. Don't hurt me. The detective, like, clearly now is, like, he keeps looking, like, at Dr. Wynn and, like, going back, he goes, I like, and is like, immediately buys in. He's like, what do you see? Who's hurting you? Oh, Who's God. hurting you? Oh, the pipe is burning my back. It's hot. What I say? And then he goes, who? Who is this doing? And he goes, she goes, Jeffrey. Jeffrey Wigan. Jeffrey with a G. It's very important that you know this. It's not Joffrey. Those pronounced Jeffrey. <laughs> He was a giraffe trying to sell me toys. Um, Till his business went out of business, they went under in spectacular fashion. This is why he stole my jewelry. So, yeah. So she explains the the whole murder scene, and then she explains basically the whole murder scene. Ah, I'm being stabbed, you know. So then she kind of she kind of comes out of it. And uh, Detective Poom was like, we didn't release the detail that her back was stabbed. So he clearly believes this. So cut to. Jeffrey, who, by the way, in the flashbacky type stuff that we're seeing from the re- recreation, he looks like he has this like cartoonish evil look on his face. This big pasty white dude who's just like stabbing this woman. And he's, so like, like he looks Vlad very... from Animal Crossing is basically yeah, the pretty human much, form. pretty much. <laughs> yes, yes. We cut to uh, Jeffrey, who is an orderly at the hospital, just mopping the floors, and he she, he hears Jeffrey. He's like what jeffrey and then he like hears it and it's coming from a room so he goes to the hospital room and it very clearly evelyn is sitting in a chair but she's like shrouded in shadow very true liesy you can't tell who she is and she goes why did you kill me jeffrey and he's like who are you i didn't kill you and she's like why did you burn my back jeffrey why did you stab me and take my jewelry jeffrey and he's like, and he like is getting closer and closer and she's still shrouded in shadow. And he's like, I didn't do any of that. What are you talking about? I didn't kill you. I killed Lisa Ayobi. You're not her. Oh, Jesus. And then okay. he pulls out a knife and like comes at her. And then like all these cops, including Detective Puma, come out from behind like the like curtains Shut where they're clearly standing. Stop. And they like stop him and um, arrest him or whatever. And Dr. Wynn is like, I asked Evelyn why she would risk her life that way uh and she said it wasn't her choice lisa was making all the decisions end of story so did she channel lisa or was she just a very clever actress have you been clever actress have you been hearing a story based on fact or hearing the voice of deceit oh this is tough because you know i really think that every ghost story they have (laughs) defaults to true so i have to say true but okay but, but big disclaimer. No, I still think it's true. I'm just gonna okay, say. Okay, I'm typing it right now. Voice from the grave. This has to be the worst true. ending I've heard of with the with the ambush in the hospital. Like, come on. They had to wait till he incriminated himself. And also, with the description of the, all I can do now is smell that hospital smell. Do you know what uh-huh. I mean? That's, yeah. 
I painted such a good word you picture. You really did. It's a, it's a talent, I say, similar to my acting. I learned Aww. it when I went to drama school. Skewl. To Juilliard. Skewl. Skewl. <laughs> so, number five, number five, starring Dick Van Patten, the chess game. So oh, the, right. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, the Queen's Gambit was inspired by Beyond Belief. So, uh, obviously, the prop is a chessboard. Like, it's at a little table, and then there's pieces that have been moved, and, like, Frakes, like, does a move. But, like, there's no one sitting and playing with him, obviously. So it's just, it's a little weird. He's playing against um, himself. The be- I mean, best, maybe. most well-equipped opponent that there is himself. So, chess is more than a microcosm of war. Relationships formed over a chessboard have a special quality. Eh? Um... Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I wrote what next to it. I was like, okay. I wrote it down like word for word because I was like, this is fucking weird. So Chester and Walt have been playing chess together for 20 years. They know each other's moves inside and out. But the next move belongs to fate. Ooh, Chester. Huh? They had to so, search starring. real hard to come up with that one. Chester. Chester. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wah, wah. Um, so Chester uh, is Dick Van Patten okay. and his wife, Mary. And so Mary is our voiceover, and she goes, you know, uh, I always love sa- those Saturday mornings. You know, Walt would come over. We'd all have lunch, whatever. I always love those Saturday mornings. They'd eat, and then they'd play. Uh, um, Walt and Chester oh. would go outside on the porch and play chess. I thought it was going to go very... in the opposite direction, where she'd be like, I finally got that man out of my house for two <laughs> hours once a week. No, so. So she's cleaning up the meal, obviously. Well, she's a woman. woman. Yeah. And Dick Van Patten and his unremarkable, also old friend, are out on the porch. And they're setting up this chessboard that's super decorative. Like, it's very, like, every piece, like, looks like a little soldier and everything. It's not, like, a normal chess game. Very ornate. Okay. Very, very ornate. And they start bickering like grumpy old men, you know. You always grab white. White always goes first. And I'm like... Ain't that the truth? Um, so, just lots of. <laughs> well, look. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> wow. wow! 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 It's everywhere. It is everywhere. Damn. Pervasive. And then, like, Dick Van Patten like makes fun of his uh, Bay Rum Cologne, which comes into it um, Ew, later. Bay- He's just like, oh, did you bathe in that bay rum cologne? What did you? Um, and they're just arguing it, back and forth. Okay. And then, like, Walt does his first move because White always gets to go first. And then he's like, he says the move, and I didn't write down the move. But, like, pawn this to queen this. Do another first move sometime, and maybe you'd actually win. I've won some. Ooh, and they're, like, just sniping at down. each other. And then the wife is inside reading, and she goes, I loved those Saturday mornings. She's like, oh, that man of mine, you know. <laughs> And uh, then just voiceover, you know, smash cut to later, Dick Van Patten gets a call and Walt died in a car accident on the way home from that chess game. <gasps> very, very sad. It weighs on him heavily. His health is failing. He's got big bags under his eyes because Chester blames himself because if they weren't doing their chess game, he wouldn't have been on the road that day. Da 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 da. So at one point, Mary goes, Why don't we play? You know, you're you're not eating. Like, why don't we play? And he's like, it won't be the same. She's like, I know it won't be the same. I want to see Mary anyway. trash talk Chester the way that Walt used to. I think this sounds like it would be healthy for them. 
So they sit down at the table and uh, Mary goes, it was a very strange game because she dumps out the, the very ornate pieces from this box and they just automatically like fall into black in front of Chester and white in well, front of her. Well, that is very like, strange. Like they're not mixed up at all. And then Chester's like, and I'm black anyway. Like it just gave me the black pieces. That's weird. And so they set it up and um, Mary tries to go first and she tries to move like some other pawn. And it moves itself back, and then the regular first move of Walt happens. So and is then, it her hand moving the the on the second move? She, or no, it? her hand moves okay. the pawn out one time, mm-hmm. and then the ghost of Walt is like, "That's not my move." So okay. then it's no one's touching it. Okay, Walt's pawn come back because he wants back. to play with the white pieces. Go first and yeah. kick chest. And then they're dance. both like, "I get it." And then they're both like, "Hmm," because they smell his cologne. I was gonna say they, they smell, smell the sulfur. <laughs> right <laughs> they, they smelt the demons yeah they're like this is so strange and she, mary's like i think we should put the game away so they put the game away and Walt then cut to, to play jesus cut to a woman covered in fringe with a camcorder uh is like she's a paranormal investigator we find out but she's wearing a very fringy jacket she has fringe like like bracelets that covered in fringe and stuff and so mary goes i con- contact an expert in the paranormal Stop. no um, and the girl's saying that the cameras pick up what the eyes can't see sometimes. She's got, like, a little weird, like, stud detector thing that she's waving around. And she's finding nothing. She concludes there's nothing. At this point, like, Dick Van Patten gets a little sparkle in his eye. And he's like, okay, okay. And he, like, kind of rushes her out a little bit. He's just like, we get it. Like, and he's like, between you and me, I don't really believe in this stuff. And um, <laughs> she goes, she goes, do you wear bay rum cologne? How does everyone know what this that? is? I don't know. And then he's like, yes, I do wear that. Because clearly he doesn't. Right. Clearly it's Walt yeah. being all like, deuces, lady. Uh, so cut to Mary goes out on the porch to pick up Chester's plate, which is clean. And she's like, oh, you ate all of it. Awesome. And she's like, well, have a good game, dear. And he's setting up the pieces. And he's like, don't worry, we will. And he's just playing chess with a ghost. Oh, that's the end of the story. He's. Just, yep, they they just ex, they just accept that there's a ghost. Okay, so he now has around. an imaginary friend that he plays chess yep. with, and you do see the pieces moving on their own. He's not moving okay. them himself. So yeah, I'm going true again. Walt misses his friend. I am kind of upset that I have so many trues, but I'm also excited to see. Wait, let me let, let me freaks let me freaks wrap up. Oh, freaks wrap is this, up. Is this true? Or are we playing a game of cat and mouse? So. There's no cat. There's no mouse. There was I mean, there was more of a cat in the farm one. Yeah, but could, from dumb, they could from the dumb come up with a chess pun, something about are we, something about keeping the queen away? I don't know. There's got to be something. Anyhow. Okay. So we've wrapped it on up. You have guessed. I'm just, I have, I'm recapping yes. because Jesus, yeah, apparently. Katie, I want to hear it. And then I will consent to whether or not I actually agree right. to your summary. So you, you have said yes. that rock and roll ears, false. False. The milk bucket one, true. True. Bridesmaid, true. True. Voice from the grave, true. True. The chess game, true. True, 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 true. I okay. agree that that is an accurate representation of my answers to this episodes queries yep yep okay are you ready for your results i'm ready i'm nervous oh my god okay okay i promise that i'm not gonna sing jock jams every time you get one right because but maybe i want you to do you do you want jock jams or do you just want we'll see we'll see we'll see how we feel 
Yeah. That means I got at least one can, right. Can you? I don't know if you can see the shit eating grin on my face right now. Yes. Uh, rock and roll ears. You said false. Yeah. False. But wait, let's keep it rolling. Uh, milk. Yeah. True. <gasps> Bridesmaid. True. <gasps> Voice from the grave. <gasps> true. Chess. True. You got a vote. Perfect score. gotten every single one right what the holy hell how on a, how? when it and one where they had almost all truths to throw you oh off my God, it did almost because that's not wrong oh my what what Here, fact or fiction did she really guess them all accurately or was an otherworldly <laughs> hand guiding her in her assessment I mean, that otherworldly hand was always guess true on ghosts. <laughs> always bet on ghosts. <laughs> All right. My heart is beating so fast, and it wasn't even my guessing. Every time you got another one right, I was like <laughs> typing, and I was like, oh my God. I'm sweating. And you were like, I'm sweating. And when, you, and when you were like, oh, I said a lot of truths, I was like, don't change it. Don't I'm change sweating. it. Don't I'm change sweating. It. I can smell my native deodorant. It's working really well, but I'm still sweating. <gasps> <gasps> Ooh, ooh, good ooh, job! Oh I don't know what to do with myself. I need to go buy a lottery ticket. What's going on? What's going on? So, your last episode, as listeners now know, now since know. this is coming out um, after my large mea culpa, you got four, and so hard to improve on four, but you did. did you got happen? a perfect game. Oh my god! My heart is racing. It's like I'm having a hot flash. Just bold three hundred. A full minute of audio where you're not going to be able to hear anything but me squealing into the microphone. Yeah, it's going to be. a million dollars. It's going to be like, I'm going to have to take the audio down and it's just going to sound like very muffled and underwater of like, but we were so excited. I tried to pull back, like my peaks aren't super, super high, but I tried to like celebrate back here. I'm so, that was so good. Oh my God. So now the I'm sorry for switching your answer gift that I sent is also a perfect game Oh, I can't wait. Historic. This this is a historic day. Not only can our podcast drink now, but a perfect game. I am, I I cannot believe I hit this milestone before you did. That's not to rub it in. It's just you just had a better (laughs) bullshit detector than I have had. Started from the bottom, now we hear it. Like, just, you know, from one on our first episode to five. Now we drink champagne when we're thirsty. My face hurts. From all the laughter and joy? (laughs) Yeah, from all the laughter and joy, legitimately. (laughs) I didn't exercise those muscles enough in 2020. I mean, literally. I was trying to get in shape for listeners. Fact or fiction, the natural set of my face is a smile. So a lot of times I would get people asking, why are you smiling and why are you so happy? And I legitimately was depressed. And I'd be like, that's just my face. And so I learned, it wasn't until college that I learned to have RBF. And now, like, it's you know how they say your face will freeze that way? (laughs) It froze that way. I have natural RBF now. But if I'm thinking, my face naturally curves up in a smile. I recently had to take older daughter to the dentist and um, 
How'd that go? I mean, it's, it's traumatic. So older daughter is much like me and super husband where uh, she's got, you know, big baby teeth and they won't fall out. And so I had to get this done when I was her age too. Or they have to take some of them out and it's just, it's awful. It's just heart wrenching. But I mean, that literally is, I had that same issue with my front teeth, um, these front floor ones. And that's why these front teeth, they've gotten a lot better over time. But when I was little, they were pointed, they were so crooked. I wanted braces so bad because they were so crooked because for a while I had like the shark teeth where I had the two rows. Yeah. And like, they were, they were just like, oh, well they're kind of loose. So they didn't pull them for a while. So I had like, think, 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 think. So like these top ones were, they were so pointy. So if I bit an apple, like it looked like my front teeth looked like that. Um, this is a visual medium, listeners. I'm I'm making like a chevron, like a yeah. carrot symbol with my yeah. It was it was quite bad, and they did straighten out over time. So, good job, dentist. Mm. <laughs> I, I actually didn't need braces, I guess, but like I mean, it's just traumatic. Yeah. And so, super husband yeah. and I were taking turns taking her in because like we, and I have a teeth thing, anyways. That's true. Right. That's so true. it's really tough. And actually, when they this last time when they had taken her teeth out the dentist was like oh come here look in you can see the baby teeth already growing in behind us like no no i looked that doctor in the face and said i am not looking at that <laughs> this is not interesting i love her but no so but anywho the story was so super husband had taken her for the first time i was doing the follow-up she has to go back again so they called us up to the desk you know it's weird now with like rona check-in procedures and whatever so yeah. I thought it was just like another screening check or something. And they said, so the last time that your daughter was here with your husband, um, they entered into a contest that we had. Isn't like like a guess the number of buttons or whatever in a jar? Yeah. And her guess was apparently right. And Good job! So I, I add, well, wait till you hear what she won. But I asked super husband oh. what the, the... Jar of teeth. The, oh, God. What the estimation... <laughs> process was and that she had just guessed 83 and then he reread for her he's like yeah but the rule says between 100 and whatever so she goes like oh 183 <laughs> so that was <laughs> so she's a genius <laughs> so we won a uh decorative set of men's of toiletries <laughs> so that's going on a, to buy nothing is this a all ages dentist yes Okay, but okay. <laughs> yes, I. It looks like something that somebody may have been gifted over the holiday oh, season, yeah. and they were trying to get rid of it. I. What if it's so? Bizarre. What if I had won that? Like, as a person with no man in the home, except for a cat. I mean, there is a man <laughs> in his a... home, and he's still not gonna use it, and that's why he's we're not gonna into give it. it away. It's very. Um, Smells like he's wearing Bay Rum cologne. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Posted right now. <gasps> Expired, but unopened. Soy sauce and Worcestershire sauce and an almost full container of sea salt. Stop. Stop. And these look dusty. Expired. Get on that. Be the first person to comment. Come on. And Okay, okay. So this was posted one minute ago, and there's already someone saying, I'd use all. Stop. It is expired. Liquid stuff. You should probably be more, like, for example. Also, that is an open I've, container of salt. That is an open container of salt. No. 
Oh, I mean, there'll, I mean, it's salt, so there'll be no demons in it, but like there could be germs. Um, yeah. So like, well, I have eyeshadow palettes. Like I usually get the date on them usually says a year. I will usually keep them for if I haven't hit pan on anything. Cause usually when I hit pan, I'm like, it's time to retire you. I'll usually keep them for like five years. Cause it's a powder and I'm only using them on me. And like, I'm giving myself my own germs, but like, a foundation for example i don't wear foundation but if i did um like that's a liquid that's gonna grow stuff more so that you should listen to the expiration date it, it you know? i know it, it must must be a burden to have like naturally even and smooth skin tone that's not <laughs> what i meant i was not humble bragging and i don't i don't have even skin tone uh, shout out to the boy in college who told me in college, by the way, I didn't understand that you could draw on eyebrows. So I just had my stick thin nineties brows. I also did not do winged eyeliner. I don't think so. I am pretty sure I just did like a smudge of something on each eye and that was it. Um, I did, I was not into lipstick at that time. So I wore actually very little makeup instead of the, my everyday wings and having to draw on my entire eyebrow. Um, this boy who had invited me to go with him to a formal said to me you know you wear way too much makeup and i was like qua how do you how do you mean sir i like also what business is it of yours yeah also never say that to anybody also you invited me sir you invited me. oh yeah and i didn't even really know him all that well like we were both ra's at one point but like i didn't really i didn't know like if he had like like he, a secret I like how crush he invited on me or whatever, but and then he negged you after he invited you out. I what mean, and I was like, sure. I, I'm like, I fucking loved formal, so I would go with anybody. But like, and he's like, you wear so much blush, and I was like, that's my skin. Or I have a healthy go circulatory system. You're welcome. Like, I literally always look like I've just run up a flight of stairs. Always, that is my baseline. Is I look like I ran up, and if I actually have run up a flight of stairs, I just look like I've run up so many flights well, of stairs but my baseline is very rosy cheeks so i don't have even skin okay. tone i just i have some cc cream that i wear if i have like going to like a wedding or something but other it's, it's literally because i'm bad at washing my face okay i hope he learned number one i hope he learned his lesson about police oh yeah i definitely, I definitely didn't go looks and i was gonna be like see you brian Bye-bye. Of course, his name was Brian. Sorry, any Brian. Brian with an I, which like violates the rule of Brian with a Y yeah. always being the asshole. Sorry, Brian's with sorry. Y's that are listening. And I's. I'm so sorry. Um. Anyway, and like, is this all stuff where it's just like grass is always greener, right? Like, I would love stick straight hair, but I, my friend Ashley, who has stick straight hair, is just like my hair won't hold a curl, right? So like, I get it. Gla- gra- we're our worst critics or whatever. But like, well, except for Brian, man. he's everybody else's worst critic. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Well, we should probably wrap right. this up so we can go, yes. you know, get to the yes. important things like Animal Crossing. Like Animal Crossing. How did you do? I know you didn't do as good as MM did because who could who could do that well? Um, I certainly didn't. I didn't really guess along, but when at the end when they were saying false, true, 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 every single time, I was just like, it's this next one's got to be false because there's been like two truths. And I was like, nope. And then so I I did not stick to my always bet on ghosts guns and now that's got to be merch always bet always Um, go for the ghost bet on the ghost always bet on ghosts um so how did you do we know you did not do as good as mm did but like shoot for the moon and land among the stars right so 
Um, we'll talk to you next week when I'll be guesting again and failing to live up to this uh, legacy hey, of greatness. Hey, hey, and... don't sell yourself short. You don't know. <laughs> come pop a bottle with us. And Watch some UPN Come pop a bottle runs. with us. Um, we'll be playing Animal Crossing, but we will raise a glass with you. Heck Have a yes. good one, guys.